what up what up what up ladies and gents boys and girls you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of sportsway with dre day podcast i'm your host with the most the hoods espn crystal streets golden boy dre day what's up what's up what's up this is episode 295 episode 295 of Sportsway with Dre Day podcast. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. This episode here, we're going to dive into a couple of things. Uh, we're going to dive into the U.S. women's soccer team getting eliminated uh, over the weekend to Sweden. Uh, I'm going to speak about uh, the potential uh WNBA finals matchup between the Liberty and the Aces. The reason why I'm going to speak about it was be- is because I actually went to the game live last weekend that just passed. And seeing that type of beatdown, it shocked the hell out of me. I think it shocked a lot of us inside the building. I want to speak on that as well. Uh, listen, my Yankee season is over, but... As a Yankee fan, still got to give my opinion, still got to speak on it, so I'm going to do that as well. Uh, Pat Riley made a few interesting comments earlier this week, and one of them was, D-Wade is the greatest player in Heat history. So I'm going to give my opinion on that as well. Uh, listen, I you Listen, I haven't really... Given my opinion on the whole Skip and Shannon and the whole undisputed and first take thing, I usually try to stay away from that. Uh, Like, if it ain't sports sports, you know, I don't speak on it. But in this case, I got to speak on this because uh, I think a couple of us out here is going to have to owe owe Skip Bayless an apology. So I'm going to speak on that as well. And, of course, I got to do my Would You Rather segment that I have now instituted on the podcast for each episode so again that's the rundown that's gonna be on this episode so let's get straight to it uh like i said the u.s women's soccer team was eliminated last weekend against sweden in the women's world cup uh very disappointing Uh, A very, very, a very disappointing showing by the women of the U.S. of A. Um, We were heavy favorites going into this World Cup, rightfully so, winning the last two. And then for them to have the performance that they had this World Cup was just downright disappointing. Uh, We didn't win our group and we barely scored. You know, the majority of the games were basically tied at zip. You understand what I'm saying? Except for the first game when we beat Vietnam uh, three to zip. Then I believe we played Netherlands, and I think we won that game. Uh, Well, actually, we didn't even win the game. I think it was a tie. And then every other game, zip. You know what I'm saying? Like, it it, it 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 was a very... Well documented disappointment for Team USA. Um, and again, same thing here. Uh, listen, I want to get. Listen, I want to give them. I want to give them their just due for going over a hundred and twenty minutes of soccer. If anybody knows the game of soccer, is ninety minutes. Obviously, they had to go over. 90 minutes because nobody scored but it ended in penalty kicks and unfortunately we lost in penalty kicks five to four it just so happened that i don't even remember the kicker's name for sweden but our goal but our goalie but our but our goalie nayer Blocked the shot. She blocked the kick. But unfortunately, when she blocked the kick, the ball still managed to get behind her. 
And once you go, once the ball goes over that line, it's equaled as a goal. So even though she blocked it, the ball still wind up going behind her, and then they wind up clinching uh, the victory. And again, that eliminated us from the World Cup. Um, again, just a disappointment across the board. Uh, we have four World Cups as it pertains to the females. We won in we won in 2019, we won in 2015. Obviously, we all remember 1999 and we won 1991. So, it's unfortunate that you know, we did not win this go round. Uh Mega Rapino, she basically announced it before the World Cup that this will be her last go at the World Cup. I'm not sure if she's going to continue to play soccer from here on out, but I guess in in the international sense, she's hanging it up. Uh, I believe Julie Ertz, who is the wife of NFL tight end Zach Ertz, I believe she's hanging it up as well. Alex Morgan, it was, it was reported that she was going to hang it up as well as far as World Cup competition, but she basically turned that down you know, after the loss, you know, basically I'm paraphrasing. She doesn't want to go out like this. So I'm assuming when the 2027, you know, FIFA World Cup comes back, maybe she'll be out there for Team USA. But again, this was not, you know, this was not the way that I'm quite sure Team USA panned out, you know, this World Cup trip. I'm quite sure, just like myself, we was hoping that they will get the three-peat. We was hoping that they would win three straight World Cups, but unfortunately, that was not the case. Uh, just a disappointment. Just a huge, huge, huge disappointment. I can't say it enough. I cannot. I. 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 I cannot say it enough. This was. This was by far the worst performance that I can think of of any female USA team that I can think of. Again, I don't watch the dudes because they don't do shit for me. You know, you know, they get to these tournaments and they don't do nothing. It's the women that hold it down for us. And again, this was by far the worst performance that I've ever witnessed out of a women's USA soccer team. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, you know, within four years, they'll shake the cobwebs. They will definitely go into the 2027 World Cup. Huge underdogs. And hopefully that will motivate them. Because, you know, I guess with them being the favorites this year, and you got a lot of young talent on this team, I guess they felt that, hey, we're the favorites, so we could just walk up in this thing and everything would be peaches. They'll bow down to us. Unfortunately, that's not the case. You know, the world has caught up to USA. And certain aspects, you know, the world has caught up. And it's clear that they've caught up in soccer because, again, we're now bringing the World Cup home. So we lost to Sweden. So quite frankly, I really don't care who wins because once we're out, I really don't care, you know. And especially waking up 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, to, to see this type of performance, like, it's very well disappointing because you're waking up two, three o'clock in the morning to watch, you know, your 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 fellow country women win the World Cup and then they stink up the joint. You understand what I'm saying? It's hard to go back to sleep. And watching wa watching this World Cup this year, aside from the Vietnam game, every other game has been that disappointing. Waking up 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning to watch them play. And then they put on the performance that they put on. It's a bad taste in my mouth. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, hopefully they'll get better come 2027. But uh, it's over for them. It's a wrap for them, you know. But still shout out to them. You know, they're still fellow USA women. So I'm going to always be proud of them. But... Still disappointing to say the least. Still disappointing to say the least. 
Okay, let's dive, let's dive into some WNBA talk. Not going to really dive in too much, too much of it because, again, like I said, I went to the game this past weekend in Barclays, and I had to be there. Listen, when free agency happened, I believe it was January, when free agency was going on in January, and it was announced that Jonquil Jones and Courtney Vandersloot, when they decided to go to the Liberty, then it was decided that Candace Parker was going to the Aces. For me, it became a full-blown conclusion that it would be the Aces and the Liberty and the WNBA Finals this coming season. I was totally convinced, very much convinced, when Stewie, Brianna Stewart announced that she will be joining Vandersloot and Jones with the Liberty because they already got Sabrina Unescu. So now you add those three to Sabrina Unescu, it's a full-blown conclusion that it's going to be Aces, Liberty, and the WNBA Finals. This past weekend in Barclays, which is in my borough, Brooklyn, What we witnessed was a total shock. I'm not even going to lie to you. I had my tickets in advance. Once the tickets were on sale, I bought them bad boys. I had to be in Barclays for that game. I didn't want to watch it on TV, even though it was my weekend off. I needed to be there live. I needed to be there in live time to witness the atmosphere. And let me just say this. Being inside Barclays for that game, I'm just speaking of the, I want to say probably the first, first quarter. Let's just say first quarter. The atmosphere in Barclays. You can tell how important this game was. It was giving championship round energy in that building the crowd was engaged the fans was yelling at the top of their lungs myself included i'm like yeah they they know what this is this is the matchup that we want to see this is the matchup we want to see in the WNBA finals and the ass whooping that was given out even i was shocked and the team that got their ass whooped ain't the team that you think. Now, listen, the Aces already got their asses handed to them by the Connecticut Sun earlier this season. In fact, I believe the Connecticut Sun gave the Aces their first loss. Then a few weeks later, the Dallas Wings gave them their loss. But nobody, and I mean nobody, would have imagined them getting their ass beat by almost 40 points. And that's exactly what happened in this game. The New York Liberty put up 99 points to the Las Vegas Aces. And the Las Vegas Aces only scored 61 points. I'm going to say that again. 99 to 61 was the final score. When I tell you that I was shocked, when I tell you that I was so I'm not going to say I was disturbed because, again, I'm going to give the Liberty their credit. I'm going to give them their props. They have by far been the second or third best team in the league all year. For all incentive purposes, them and the Sun have been back and forth for second or third best team in the league. Obviously, the Aces have been the best team all year long. I just saw a power ranking earlier this week. When they got the Liberty number one and the Aces number two. Listen, even though they've listen, even though they just put a beating on them, I still got the Aces at the power ranking number one team. I still do. Okay. But the Liberty just went to work on the Aces. That was by far the worst outing 
Becky Hammond has had as a head coach so far in this league. And this is her second year. The Aces couldn't hit no shots. They couldn't make no layups. I mean, Asia Wilson did get hurt, I believe, within the first few minutes of the first quarter. Or pro probably first quarter, she took a, a mean elbow to the grill by John Quill Jones. Obviously, I know it was inadvertent. I know it was an accident. Um, they did call it a flagrant one. I'm kind of I'm glad that they didn't eject her because me personally, I don't think it was intentional. You know, it was just Asia Wilson was playing some good defense, which Asia Wilson, I believe, well, I, I, listen, I believe Asia Wilson is the defensive player of the year again this season, but uh, she was playing good defense. John Quill Jones, John Quill Jones was posting her up and then just turned and hit her, hit her in the grill with the elbow. So I don't really think it was on purpose. But, uh, again, very tough. Very tough to watch that happen. And then nobody, nobody was in. I mean, Jackie Young did all she can do in that first quarter for the Aces. She had, she had a game high for the Aces, 16 points. Asia Wilson, this was probably the worst I've ever seen her play in the WNBA. Shot 2 for 14 from the field. I mean, listen, she was doing her thing on the boards, and I think she might have had about a good three, four blocks before she got hurt with that elbow. I mean, Kelsey Plum and Chelsea Gray, they did the best they could do, but most of their scoring basically when the game was out of reach already. But we got to give credit to the Liberty. They was waiting for this game. They was waiting for this game. They were very much waiting for this game, especially in Barclays. And it showed. Sabrina Unescu went to work. You understand what I'm telling you? She went to absolute work. She put on a clinic, which helped me in my fantasy league, by the way, because she's on my fantasy team. 31 points, 7 assists, 6 for 10 from the 3. It got to the point where she couldn't miss. Hell, to the point that the Liberty couldn't miss. They shot, they shot almost 45% from the trade. It was to the point where... When they was getting them shots from the baseline, the three-point shots from the baseline, they were automatic. Whether it was Stewie, whether it was Vandersloot, whether it was Laney, whether it was Sabrina, they could not miss Thornton put up some threes. When they shot that shit from the baseline, it was automatic. I was amazed at what I saw. I was shocked at what I saw. Even the people that I was sitting with, because you know me, like I go to games by myself because I'm able to get along with anybody. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to take anybody with me. Besides, it saves me money. But to be there and to watch that ass whooping, we were all shocked. Like there was people that were sitting right, like there was people sitting right in the right, sitting in the row right underneath me. Diehard Liberty fan. Crying because of the performance that she saw. She had a Rebecca Lobo throwback jersey on and was crying at the performance that she saw. She said that she couldn't believe it. She couldn't believe it. I said, I could believe it. I could believe it. And the reason why I could somewhat believe it is because, again, this whole season, the Aces have been putting on work. They have been putting on a clinic. They needed a loss like this to humble them. And it took for the team that we all expect to meet them in the WNBA Finals. Because they're not going to meet. Listen, they are not going to meet in the semifinals or the early rounds. The only way these two teams are going to meet is in the finals. Because the Aces will be number one. And the way the ranking is now, I don't see the Aces. I mean, I don't see the Liberty or the Sun, for that matter, fall into four or five. I believe the Aces or the Sun, I mean, the Liberty or the Sun, will either be second or third seed. Obviously, the Aces are going to be number one. So the only way those three teams are going to meet 
is going to have to be in the finals. Well, at least the Aces against the Sun or Liberty. Because the Sun and the Liberty could meet in the conference finals. The semifinals. Before playing the Aces. You know what I'm saying? But it's going to be interesting. But again, I was very, very much shocked at what I saw this past weekend. A message was sent. Okay? The Liberty have been hearing all the rumblings about the Aces all year. The, the Liberty had this game marked on their calendar. Weekend game on TV, ABC, not ESPN, not Amazon Prime, not Apple TV. No, ABC, yes. And they answered the call. And they put on a spanking. Now, again, obviously, I'm rooting for the Aces because they were my pick all season. But as a fellow New Yorker, I was very much impressed with what I saw. Very much impressed. <laughs> but uh, I got to give a disclaimer. I wouldn't be the Candace Parker fan if I didn't say so myself that this wouldn't have happened if she was out there. Now, yes, Candace has, has been hurt. She just had surgery not too long ago on her ankle. So it's looking like she might be done for the season. I'm hoping she's back in time for the playoffs. But don't rush it, Candace. Speedy recovery. Listen, I had on my Candace Parker shirt repping her. You understand what I'm saying? It's unfortunate that she didn't play. But for anybody that knows basketball, but let's just speak on women's basketball for this matter. If Candace was in that game, even if the even if the Liberty would have even even if the result was the same and the Liberty was to win, they was not gonna blow them out if Candace was out there. You can rest for sure that. You can rest for sure that. So if these two teams just wind up happening to meet in the WNBA finals, I would hope that both teams are fully equipped, meaning their stars are all lined up playing in that game. That means the Aces got Candace, they got Asia, they got Kelsey, they got Chelsea, and they got Jackie. That's the Fab Five for the Aces. And then for the Liberty, you got Sabrina, you got Stewie, you got Vandersloot, and you got John Paul Jones. Now I love now I love Nate Laney. But you know, she's not a part of that big four core for the Liberty. But again, a message was sent. Don't get it fucked up. A message was sent. Now again, they're gonna meet again, I think, another three times before this season is over. I think they come back to Barclays at the end of the month. Then I think they got to play in the Commissioner's Cup. So, you know, they got to meet again. But again, a message was sent this game. Very much. Very much. And think about this. A record was set for this game. The Liberty have just been playing in Barclays for a few years now. That game against the Liberty, as far as attendance goes, was the biggest game for ticket sales in Liberty history playing at Barclays. Yep. That's how big this game was. Yep. So... Major respect to the Liberty. Major respect to the Liberty for putting on that ass whooping on the Aces. Major respect to them. You can't you, you can't do nothing but respect it. You just can't. You just can't do nothing but respect it. <sighs> now, unfortunately, I have to speak about my Yankees. I am conceding that our season is over. 
I am not going to sit here and fake the funk. I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, we're going to make a run. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, my Yankees are not making the playoffs. And I believe this year you need three wild cards. I don't think we're going to make any, any one of them. We're too inconsistent. Too inconsistent. We can't base run. We can't steal bases. We can't hit for shit. We're one of the worst teams in batting average this year. It seems like everything is the long ball. That's it. It's long ball or bust for us. You know how in the NBA they say, oh, you live by the three, you die by the three? Well, in this case for the Yankees, you live by the home run, you die by it. And that's what it's been this season. Yes, Judge has been hurt. And when he got hurt, pew. But he's back now and still inconsistent. Now, he's doing all he can do. But, I mean, listen. It's, it, listen, this, this is a disappointment, man. Listen, Garrett Cole is the only pitcher that's reliable. I mean, Nestor Cortez is back. Welcome back. But uh, Savarino is shot. He's done. And unfortunately, this was a contract year for him. So I don't think he's coming back. Uh, German, like I said, he's a uh, German, part himself. He's done for the year for substance abuse after having his perfect game. But even after the perfect game, he went back to his old self as far as being inconsistent on the mound. Schmidt is okay, cool. Our bullpen is okay, yeah. But again, we're very inconsistent. Very inconsistent. Aaron Boone just might have had the, the meme of the season when it comes to uh when it comes to baseball this year with mocking the umpire for his his his, his strikeout calls. We're playing the White Sox. Oh, we was playing the White Sox. I think that was a three-game series, which we lost two out of three for that matter. He was upset with a strikeout call, comes to the mound, makes a scene, mocks the umpire with the strikeout thing that they do. Listen, listen, it's all listen, it's all online. Y'all can go ahead and watch the, you go you can go ahead and catch the meme. <laughs> it's hilarious. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, it's hilarious. But uh Listen, I'm about tired of him getting ejected in these games. I think this was probably his fifth or sixth time being ejected this year. But again, our season is done. I'm not going to fake the funk. I'm very disappointed in what I'm seeing. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's time for a new voice. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not, I really don't know what it is. I mean, obviously, injuries have played a role. Carlos Rodon. Dude, listen, we listen, he just came to us a free agency. Missed half the season. First start, gets his ass bust, blowing kisses the fans. And now he's hurt again. So now he's about to have another stint on the injured list. And it ain't like he's been pitching his best since he's been in the rotation anyway. So again, for us, is is for us is Garrett Cole a bus? Which is unfortunate. But uh, again, like I said, this season is over. This season is shot. The best we can hope for is. Being in fourth place in the division. And even that's still unacceptable. Disappointing. Very much disappointing. But speaking of baseball, now that I'm thinking about it, I got to speak about that fight that happened. <laughs> I got to speak on that fight that happened. With uh, Ramirez from the Cleveland Guardians and Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox. I don't know if it was because of a stolen base. Maybe he slid in too 
too too close or it was a double play or some shit. I don't remember, but I will remember this though. Tim Anderson, I got a message for you, man. When you looking like you getting ready to, when you dropping your gloves and you putting your square up like you getting ready to throw down, if you are trying, if you initiate the throw down, as far as like you ready to go, make sure you win. Because what Ramirez did to you, you threw all those punches. And don't get it twisted. Ramirez threw some punches too. But he didn't throw as much as you. But he threw the one that was important. My man threw that hook. And knocked you on your ass. And put you on that diamond. To the point where your teammates had to hold you up. Arm in arm. To the dugout. When you were stumbling. Walking to the dugout. <laughs> Man, that shit was funny. Look, I'm not even going to lie to you. I think Tim Anderson got more games for the suspension than Ramirez. I ain't even going to lie to you. I'm not even mad at that. He initiated it, and he got his ass beat. So just off the ass whooping alone, you deserved more. Because you initiated it, and you got your ass beat. So, yeah, you definitely had to get suspended more games. Definitely. For show, for show. <laughs> Man, that shit was funny. I'm not even going to lie to you. That shit was hilarious. Now let's get to some NBA talk. Now, I don't really have much to speak about when it comes to the NBA, but I will say this, though. Pat Riley, who is... I guess he's the general manager of the Heat. Um, former head coach, uh, executive for the Miami Heat, former player, former head coach, all those things. Had an interesting take, you know, about Dwayne Wade. He said that Dwayne Wade is the greatest player in the history of the Miami Heat franchise. Now, me personally, I have no problem with what he said. And the reason why I have no problem with what he says is because I agree with him. <laughs> I have no problem with what Pat Riley said. I truly believe that D. Wade is the greatest player to ever put on a Miami Heat uniform. Now, I'm saying he's the greatest player in Heat history. I'm not saying that he's the greatest player to play for the Heat. Because, obviously, we know LeBron is much greater than Dwayne Wade. But I'm just talking about as far as from a franchise standpoint, the GOAT of that franchise, that would be Dwayne Wade. That would be Dwayne Wade. Do I need to speak about what he did in the 2006 NBA Finals against the Dallas Mavericks? Now, yes, Antoine Walker did his thing in some games. Gary Payton showed up in the clutch in some games. Shaq Diesel did his thing. All of that can be true. But they do not win that series and they do not get their first championship without Dwayne Wade and the performance that he put on. They don't. LeBron comes here. Well, he comes there. They go to four NBA Finals. LeBron wins two Finals MVPs. How do you think he get those rings? He came to Miami because he had to learn to win. He wasn't winning in Cleveland. He came to Miami to partner up with his close buddy, Dwayne Wade. And what did Dwayne Wade teach him? He taught him how to win. Now, yes, LeBron came and took over by all means. But that's a testament to Dwayne Wade because 
he didn't he wasn't ego tripping. He wasn't on some yo, this is my team. You do what I tell you to do. Now, but that talent right there, you gotta just let LeBron go. Let him do him. That don't take away from your greatness. And I will and, and, and I'll be the first to admit the two losses that Miami got in the finals, Dwayne Wade wasn't himself. But the two finals that they did win in that run, D-Wade did his thing. Listen, at the end of the day, he is the greatest player in Miami Heat history. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some people out there to say Alonzo Mourning, which I, which, which I wouldn't argue with anybody, depending on what age you are. You understand what I'm saying? But for me, it's Dwayne Wade. Clear cut is Dwayne Wade. You understand? Like I, I have zero problem with what Pat Riley said. Zero problem. Um, the one thing he did say was, you know, this is no knock on LeBron James. Now, obviously, we all heard the rumblings of Pat Riley and LeBron possibly not getting along very well in Miami because, you know, LeBron wanted certain things in Miami as far as perks, and Pat Riley wasn't budging. But, uh, again, I have no problem with what Pat Riley said. Zero. I have no problem. I, I, I have no problem with it at all. He said, you can argue whether or not LeBron or Dwayne were better as a Heat player, but Dwayne is the greatest ever to put on a uniform with us. LeBron was here for four years and gave us a tremendous lift and helped Dwayne Wade achieve what he wanted to achieve. But Dwayne is the greatest player that ever played for the Heat. And that's not an insult to LeBron. That's because of his longevity and the long term LeBron was here. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that at all. Just can't. The Wayne Wade had more success. Simply put, and the run that and the run that he had. He made that Miami Heat team relevant after the Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway days. He made that team relevant again. Then he brings Shaq to the fold. Wins a championship. And they were relevant ever since. Basically until he left. Had a stint in Chicago, which I really don't understand why he went there, but I get that he's from Chicago. Cool, by all means. Then has a stint in Cleveland, which I still, to this day, don't understand. But, you know, he wanted to pair up with his man, LeBron. Comes back to Miami, then retires the Heat. For me, I just feel like there's just certain players that should just retire with one team. Kobe did it. Retired the Lakers. Spent his whole career with the Lakers. Tim Duncan spent his whole career with the Spurs. Dirk. Spent his whole career with the Mavericks. I'm still disgusted at the fact that Tony Parker didn't spend his whole career with the Spurs. I still can't forgive the fact that he spent that season with Charlotte. He's he gonna always be a Spur, but still, come on. Ah, uh, nah, uh, still bitter with that. Him in a Hornets uniform. Dwayne Wade should have retired. And spent his whole career in Miami. And besides, another reason why he's the greatest Heat of all time. He got a county named after him. Wade County. It ain't LeBron County. It ain't Braun County. It ain't King James County. No, it's Wade County. So yes, I agree with Pat Riley. That Dwayne Wade is the greatest player to ever put on a Miami Heat uniform.
Yep, I agree with him. I agree with the Godfather. I agree with Pat Riley. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I agree with him. Now, this take here is going to be interesting. And the reason being is because, I, I listen, I haven't really dived into the whole shakeup of Undisputed and first take. Like, I try to stay away from that. Like, I just try to keep it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is sport related because it's a sport debate show. I get that. But, you know, if it ain't dealing with in-game action or sport news, I try to stay away from it. But in this case, I got to speak on this. And the reason I got to speak on this is because I think I owe Skip Bayless an apology. Because when Uncle Shay, which is Shannon Sharp, NFL great, Hall of Famer, three-time Super Bowl champion, because I think people tend to forget who Shannon Sharp is. You know, they see him on TV now. They see him as Uncle Shay, rightfully so. But people need to do their homework on who Shannon Sharp really is. Because he, he, he he's more than just a public figure on TV. He had a great career in football. Multiple Pro Bowls. Heavily regarded as one of the greatest tight ends in the history of the NFL. Definitely in my top three alongside Gronk and Tony Gonzalez. But when he left Undisputed, and we all know why he left because of the whole him and Skip started to disagree on things. And it was two, you know, two episodes in particular where Skip crossed the line with Shannon. No need to get into it because, listen, I'll be talking about that too much. But let's just say this. When Shannon announced that he was leaving, myself included, and I'm quite sure a few people out there said, this might be the end for Skip. This right here just might be the end for Skip on Undisputed. First take has already taken over. Now that Shannon is leaving, oh, man, listen, Skip's done. Then the rumbling started on who was going to replace Uncle Shay. It was reported that Rob Parker might replace him. It was reported that Nick Wright might replace him. It was reported that Shady McCoy might replace him. Then rumors started that nobody wanted to work with Skip. Then it was reported that Undisputed wouldn't come back till the end of August. Now, mind you, Undisputed ended immediately after the NBA Finals. That's June. Uncle Shay's last episode, his final episode, was the last time Undisputed was on TV. So we're talking about a two full months that Undisputed hasn't been on TV. But now, Skip Bayless, I, listen, I think he must have heard Mama said knock you out. The first few bars from Uncle L, don't call it a comeback. Because Skip is making a comeback. Because it is being reported that NFL great, I, I, I mean, if you want to call him a great, Super Bowl champion, one of the greatest cornerbacks in NFL history, Richard Sherman, will be joining Skip on Undisputed. Now, for those of y'all that don't know, they had an uproar a few years ago when Skip was on first take. Richard Sherman was a guest on the show and basically ripped Skip a new one about he would, he'll, he's more successful this skip whatever be yada yada yada, but it, it, it was entertaining to see for for it, it was very entertaining to see for that matter. We now fast forward to twenty twenty three, and now they are going to be alongside each other, debating football or even basketball for that matter. It's also being reported that Sherm is going to be 
on the show about a good 50 to 100 days. So he's not going to be there for your average everyday type shit. Which is interesting. It's also being reported that Lil Wayne, yes, the rapper Lil Wayne, will be on Undisputed every Friday to debate with Skip Bayless. Now, that part is interesting because I don't really, listen, I've seen Lil Wayne talk on Undisputed a few times when it comes to sports. I'm not really too thrilled with it, honestly. His opinions are bland as fuck, but I get it. He's very close to Skip. He does the theme song, No Mercy, No Mercy, which they said they're doing a new one. So they're very close. You know, Skip posts his pictures with Lil Wayne. You know, Lil Wayne visits Skip at his house and Skip and his wife, Ernestine. We get all of that, but... I'm not too thrilled with Lil Wayne's takes on Undisputed, to be quite honest with you, but that's not it. It's also being reported that Skip is trying to get Keyshawn Johnson and Michael Irvin to also join Undisputed. Now, for those of y'all that don't know, there were a lot of layoffs in the past few months with ESPN. Jalen Rose, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson just got let go a few weeks ago. Max Kellerman, Keyshawn Johnson was another one. If you don't think for one split second that Fox Sports was going to try to go after these people that got laid off, you better think again. And that's exactly what's happening. Skip is trying to get Keyshawn Johnson to join him on Undisputed and also trying to get the playmaker. And it's also reported that Rachel Nichols, yes, the Rachel Nichols that used to work at ESPN, she's also joining Undisputed. But I'm trying to figure out how she's going to join Undisputed because I'm not sure if she's going to be a moderator, which I don't think she will. I think Jen Hale is still going to be the moderator, which, which I don't mind because I love Jen Hale because she knows her job as a moderator. Unlike that lady on ESPN, Molly Karam, who likes to try to be the center of attention of the debates, you know, tries to intervene in the debates. You understand what I'm saying? See, Jen Hale, she knows her job as a moderator. She brings up the topic, asks them a question, and then you won't hear from her until the, t uh, uh, until the topic is over. Not Molly. Molly will ask the question. Within two minutes, she's trying to intervene and give her opinion. Nobody asked about you. Nobody cares about your opinion. It ain't about you. Just moderate and that's it. But I digress. So, yes, yeah, Skip, I owe you an apology, man. I owe you an apology because I really thought your days were numbered. But then I said to myself, this is Skip Bayless we talking about. Like, this is the godfather of debates. Like, we don't get debate shows without Skip Bayless. We just don't. All, all, all these debate shows that you can think of, they wouldn't be in existence if it wasn't for Skip Bayless. He's the godfather of debate. Sports debate. And I've been watching Skip from the beginning, since Cold Pizza Days. See, people don't even know First Take. You First Take was called First and Ten and Cold Pizza before it even became First Take. That's the Skip that I know. So I'm so I'm so I, I'm very I'm very much interested in seeing how this is going to play out because, listen, let's be real. ESPN has been. The flagship when it comes to sports debate for many years. Trust me, Stephen A. will tell you every chance he get. Very braggadocious and very arrogant, all that type shit, right? 
But I think what made ESPN even more entertaining was because you had so many different personalities on the show, right? Like you had a different blend of characters every day. Like on Monday, you had Michael Irvin. You had Dan Olowski, right? Obviously with Stephen A. Then on Tuesday, you had Keyshawn Johnson, Mia Kimes, Jeff Saturday before he took the head coaching job with the Indianapolis Colts. Who knows? He might be coming back to ESPN being that he's not a head coach anymore. Then on Wednesday, you got Mad Dog who comes every Wednesday, right? Then you throw in Swagoo. Then you throw in Kimberly Martin, right? Then on Fridays, let's say you throw in Swagoo and you throw in Ryan Clark. You know what I'm saying? So you got a different band of people that comes on ESPN first take, right? Undisputed, it was the same shit. It was just Skip and Shannon. Especially after the pandemic hit. So now they're bringing in these new people. I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. Does Skip take the same format that Stephen A. has and instituted or undisputed? I think he should do it. And before any of y'all say, oh, he's copying off of Stephen A. or he's swagger jacking. No, 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 no. We got we to gotta call a spade a spade. What Stephen A. is doing now with all of these multiple people on the show, he's actually biting off what Skip was doing because Skip was doing this before Stephen A. even got on first take. Remember, I've been watching Skip for years. He was doing this in cold pizza days. He was doing this on first and 10 days when he had a select, peop of a select fewer people coming on the show, whether it was the Jamel Hill, whether it was the Michael Smith, whether it was Chris Bassard, whether it was Rob Parker, whether it was Hugh Douglas. Like, he had a lot of people coming on the show. A lot of people. So what Stephen A. is doing now, Skip was already doing. So I wouldn't dare say, oh, Skip is trying to bite off of Stephen A. No, 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 no. Stephen A. was actually biting off of Skip if you really do your research. So, yes, Skip, I owe you an apology because I thought you were done. I thought you were done. I mean, I was going to watch regardless because I'm a sports fan. I was going to watch anyway. So it wasn't like, oh, oh, I'm not going to watch Undisputed because Uncle Shea is gone. I wasn't one of those fans. I was going to watch anyway. But to see this lineup that you're instituting and trying to institute, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Very much all for it. And don't let him get Tim Tebow up there. Don't let him get Tim Tebow up there. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Tim Tebow is still with ESPN. Because when those layoffs took, when those layoffs happened, Tim Tebow's name wasn't on there. So I believe he's still currently employed with ESPN. But if Skip could have got Tebow up there, man, oh, man, oh, man. But, uh, yeah. Those are all the segments for this episode. But before I go, like I said, I've instituted a would you rather segment. I've instituted it. And this question that I have is an interesting one, a very interesting one. And the reason why it's interesting is because I'm going to read it for you now. Again, would you rather Would you rather appear as a guest on your favorite TV show or have lifetime backstage passes for any concert you attend? Now again, I'm going to repeat the question. Would you rather appear as a guest on your favorite TV show or have lifetime backstage passes for any concert you attend? See, for me, 
I'm going with the lifetime backstage passes for any concert I attend. And this is the reason. See, you got to read. It says appear as a guest on your favorite TV show. Now, see, my favorite TV show is Martin. That show is not in existence no more. So I can never be a guest on there. The show is over. It's done. All I could do is reflect on the memories, which is what I do every night. I come home from work. I take my shower. I have my bedtime snack, milk and cookies, Chips Ahoy, the blue pack or the red pack. And I sit down and I watch Martin. That's an every night routine for me. Or let's say TV show. Let's say I say first take of Undisputed, right? But see, here's the thing. It says appear as a guest. That means you're only appearing on there once. Remember, the second thing was lifetime backstage passes. See, it didn't say be a lifetime guest on your favorite TV show. It said lifetime backstage passes for any concert you attend. And in my lifetime, I've been to two concerts. Two. I'll be going to a third one soon because 50 will be in town. And I'll be going to that show, which is actually Thursday for that matter. Yes, I'll be in the building. So for the first time in years, I'm going to be saying, G-G-G-G-G-Unit. Because I'm Team Rockefeller, sorry. But going to the show to see Fifth and to see Buster. Yeah, I'm going to be shouting G-Unit. <laughs> but I digress. I'd rather take the lifetime backstage passes. Because think about it. Use this concert, for example, to get backstage passes for a 50 show. Backstage passes. That's, that's Teflon Don type shit. I'd rather that than be a guest on my favorite TV show. I'm sorry. And then you throw this in. Let's say I go to a Hove concert. Backstage passes for a Hove concert? Come on, man. What are we talking about, man? Come on, what are we talking about here? So, yeah, I'm taking the lifetime backstage passes over being a guest on my favorite TV show. Yes, I'm taking the backstage passes, the lifetime backstage passes. But with that being said, yes, it's a wrap for this episode. Once again, I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. You can catch your boy on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. I'm on any podcast platform except Title. okay? You can find me on Facebook, Dre Day, Instagram, Dre Day1985, or Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast, and on Twitter, Dre Day1985. So once again, thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. And in closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 295 is over. Catch y'all on the flip side. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN Index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com.
That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.